Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right, we're rolling. It's Friday night, Gridiron Grinder time. Uh, I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is my buddy James. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, we are watching rounds two and three of the NFL draft while we do the show tonight. So, you know, just full disclaimer ahead of time, uh, you're probably going to see me looking to the back here quite a bit. You can see I'm in a different area tonight. And um, yeah, probably just a, a little bit more distracted as we see what's happening while we give you guys our grades on yesterday's first round picks. Uh, and so, uh, you know, this is episode 142 of Gridiron Grinder, still going every week strong for almost three years now. And we're going to kick it off with Name That Stadium. Then we're going to cover the news from this past week. After that, we'll jump into our first round draft grades. Uh, and last but not least, we'll close it off with question of the week. And so, uh, you know, with all that being said, do I even have to ask James, how you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all right. It's been a little bit of a busy, busy week work wise, but, you know, kind of kicking my ass, but it, it's all, it's good. It's Friday night. So, yeah. Oh yeah. It's, you know, this is uh, one of the more fun Fridays for us, I think. So, yeah. I mean, like I only drove like 25 hours this week, so you know, nothing small, nothing big. Oh, what are you back and forth from San Diego? Yeah, back and forth from San Diego and Laguna and Los Angeles. Okay. Well, hey, you know, you're the traveling man. All right. So, um, yeah, just real quick before we get into name that stadium, just letting you guys know these episodes do get kind of lengthy, so we do bookmark everything in the description of the video. That way, if you want to jump around and catch a certain segment or whatever, uh, that's your easiest way to navigate it. Uh, and, um, you know, if you've watched us before and you've subscribed to the show, thank you. We appreciate the support. Uh, if you're new, welcome. Uh, hopefully you like it. And, uh, you know, we're always looking for comments and some kind of engagement. So definitely hit us up. And, uh, yeah, James, why don't you take that ball and run with it with Name That Stadium, man. All right, so as as you can see, I'm traveling around, and if you if we get a taker, you know, one of these days we'll get a taker on this, and you're the first, you, even guess, we'll give you a shout out. But if you're the first one to guess correctly, we'll give you an extra special shout out. Uh, normally, it's it, I tie it in somehow. It's a stadium or an area that hosts or hosted an NFL game. Uh, we didn't get any takers this last week, um, but I was I was in Philly this last week and it was kind of twofold it was kind of on the tail end of like the Hertz contract and then um I thought Philadelphia was was like in prime position to win the first round um but I I don't think they did I think they did it really good and we'll get into that a little bit but I don't think they won the first round I think there's another team that won the first round clearly um but so yeah you know Give give it a give it a go. We'll give you the shout out bookmark it. Let you play for all your friends and how cool you are. Oh damn, I like that guy. Uh, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one yet because I know you got a little bit of a delay, but I think that's going to be a yeah. nice little pairing in Seattle. It is. That's going to be a really nice pairing in Seattle. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I actually I was hoping the Lions would have waited and gotten him in the second round, but that's okay. Yeah, you know. but you know. That sure lions. Yeah. Uh, dare we say same old lions? I don't know. So yeah. 
Um, all right, so yeah, that was name that stadium. Let's shift it over here and we'll do our recap of the past week. Uh, and so, uh, James, there was quite a bit this past week. Uh, News-wise, I'll try to go with the big stuff first and then we'll just kind of, you know, I'll just hit it as I got it in my notes here. But, you know, I think the moment everybody's been waiting for, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the trade to the Jets has been consummated. Uh, the teams have swapped first-round picks for this year. The Jets also got the Packers' fifth-round pick for this year. Uh, and Green Bay gets the Jets' second-round pick this year, plus a conditional second-round pick next year that could be converted to a first-round pick. And so, Yeah, um, converted if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps this season, which, which, I mean, if he doesn't play 65% of the snaps this season – uh, it's something went terribly wrong in, with the Jets. Yeah, or or I don't know, maybe he got hurt or something. But um, just something went terribly wrong. Yeah, and I think um, I think that was good uh, good value for the Packers, to be honest. You know, because who knows how long Rodgers is going to play for? And I know that they're talking about um, you know reworking his contract with the Jets, and that this they being, already did. They like they converted like. 48 million of his contract to a signing bonus, which yep. is spread over the remainder of the contract, which freed up like his cap hit this year is only like 30 million, not the 60 million that he's getting. Yeah. And I heard it's like, he's on like the minimum veteran salary for this mm-hmm. year. Um, yeah. And they, they had to do that to get under the cap, but I did hear that there's going to be likely a second contract adjustment because the timing of everything they had to kind of do it in two phases, but they're trying to get it more palatable for mm-hmm. the following year. Uh, otherwise, it'd be like something insane, like a hundred million on the books for Rodgers. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's funny that for the last fourteen years, the Packers have had two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks leave them, and both quarterbacks were traded to the New York Jets. Yeah, that is kind of wild, isn't it? Yeah. So even though even though the previous quarterback really wanted to go to the Minnesota Vikings, the Packers said, no, 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 you're still in their contract. We're going to trade you to the Jets. Yeah. Or, Retire well, if you don't like it. Yeah. And so, I mean, he, he got to the Vikings. It just took him an extra year or whatever. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So the other big quarterback news was Lamar Jackson yesterday signed a uh, five-year extension worth $260 million. 185 million guaranteed. And so that uh, altered, obviously, their draft plans quite a bit. And, uh, you know, hopefully, crybaby Lamar's happy now. So, yeah, you know, I just, I've heard that that was, that was very similar to what he was offered like two months ago, three months ago. And like they, they kind of, whenever it was, and they kind of just left it on the table out there and said, you know, okay, go negotiate with, with everyone else. And he wasn't getting yeah. any takers for him. Nobody even wanted to engage him in contract talks because of what they would have to give up for him. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I'll sign it. And, you know, yeah. they, probably the team probably said something, you know, we may draft a quarterback in the first round. And a lot of rumors were coming out that they were going to draft yep. a quarterback in the first round because of the whole Lamar situation. And Lamar got scared and ran in and signed his contract before the draft. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I do remember you saying that a couple weeks ago that there was a five-year deal out there, you know, mm-hmm. in addition to that three fully guaranteed one. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, hey, you know, he signed it. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that 
the way that that whole contract negotiation played out was just freaking sloppy. And mm -hmm. I just recommend to anybody to have an agent because yeah. this was just a disaster. So, mm -hmm. um, all right. So now here's where it kind of gets a little hodgepodge in, in terms of the priority. I'm just going to be skipping around a little bit, but uh, I did see today that running back Giovanni Bernard, uh, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals and recently uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he has retired 10 year career in the NFL, mostly as a running back, uh, like a committee running back is what I meant to mm -hmm. say rather. Um, but I'll tell you 10 years for a running back, especially when you're not a starter like that, a clear cut number one, that's a really long, healthy career. And so good mm -hmm. for that guy, man. See, I thought he had retired like a couple weeks ago and then, okay. And then, well, but maybe then apparently it's, it became official today or something, but I thought he had mentioned <laughs> that could, it. That could be it. That could be it. <laughs> uh, some, sometimes the timing with these things is always a little funky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so then the next thing I got up here is this, um, you know, with the draft going on, uh, and I just found out about this, James. Apparently there was a tampering case between Arizona and Philadelphia uh, related to the hiring of Jonathan Gannon. Uh, I guess like Arizona had impermissible contact with him. Um, and so wow. to like rectify that, uh, they have swapped third round picks for this year's draft. And Arizona also got Philadelphia's fifth round pick. Uh, and so that was interesting because, you know, for it to be settled, it, it must have just kind of flown under the radar up until now, you know, because he was hired, you know, like what, right after they won the Super Bowl or whatever. So, um, but that's okay. You know, they, they resolved it and, you know, all is well that ends well. So see, see for, for the third round pick thing, I had read that I hadn't read anything. hadn't even heard about the tampering thing that Arizona and Philadelphia exchanged third round picks and Arizona was getting Philadelphia's 2024 fifth round pick. So it's, it was like reported, what I had read, it was reported more like just like a straight up trade of picks. Huh. I wonder if it was next year's fifth and I just read it wrong. But um, yeah, no, it was, I guess it was related to tampering. It doesn't you know, seem very severe for tampering, to be honest. You yeah. Know, you, you would think there would have been a bigger, uh, I don't know, whatever you would call it, um, you know some kind of bigger um, something for Philly. So, yeah, uh, but to, to be fair, like Philly ultimately gave them permission to talk to him and blah, blah, blah. So it was probably like something happened before the permission. Was, it was probably something very minor. I gotcha. I when gotcha. it comes down to it, if that's the case. Yeah, it, it could be definitely could be. Um, all right. So the next up, Next item up here I got is uh, talking about the Jags for a minute. I got a couple Jags news topics. Uh, one of them is their left tackle, Cam Robinson. Uh, he is being suspended for PEDs. Mm -hmm. The amount of games is unknown at this time. Uh, but, you know, I think based off of yesterday, we could say that it likely affected the Jags draft plans. Uh, and so we'll cover some more on that when we get to our first round review. Yeah, and you know, I'm not honestly too sure that that it really totally affected their plans because they did lose Jawan Taylor. Yeah, because they lost Jawan Taylor, so they needed an offensive tackle anyways. 
Yeah, it, well, I guess that's true. I, I think maybe it just emphasized it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and maybe maybe kind of directed it more to be a tackle instead of maybe the best available guy. But um, but no, that yeah, that's, you know, it's a good point. They were already down and needed help there. Uh, and then also with the Jags, they have uh, extended their defensive lineman, Devon Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming off a career year with these guys and cashing him in for his efforts. So he's signing a three-year, $34.5 million extension. Uh, that's good. You know, sometimes these big guys, these interior defensive linemen, um, you know, they fly under the radar. And mm-hmm. it's hard to know uh, unless you are a trained person to watch for it to see what kind of impact that they have because uh you know unlike some of these edge guys that can rack up a lot of sack numbers uh those interior defensive linemen you know they do have a big impact but it doesn't always show up in the stat sheet that was a terrible pick by the chargers that's such a reach (laughs) such a reach sorry i just i I was making faces over here looking at the pick and looking looking at my notes because I kind of kind of went through a little bit like you know what I saw today and like I had him going as a I had two of whatever two of Poluto as as like a third rounder and they okay. maybe even later and and they they just picked him like in the middle of the second round. Yeah, there's there's been some reaches, man. There's been some reaches. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think like now you're you're getting into sort of like the later part of the second round where you know. I guess it's it doesn't sting as much if you're reaching at this point, but it's still kind of early to be reaching that much. So right, but like like even all right, you go to go to ESPN's best available. Best, like like they're picking this pick number fifty four in the draft. He was he was rated out as the eighty first overall prospect. Yeah, that's that's too big of a reach at this stage of yeah, the draft. And you had you got to be better had, moving up and down the board. Adebayorie and Young still sitting there, which would be a little bit closer. I got you. I got you. Well, speaking of Young, we've got news on Chase Young. He had his fifth-year option declined by Washington. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, the bottom line is the dude has just missed too much time over these last couple seasons. And so, you know, he came out of the gate starting hot, and he hasn't really had that big of an impact ever since. And so... Um, you know, maybe this will light a fire under him and he'll get bigger money sooner because of it. Uh, or it'll sort of just like shepherd him off to a different team and potentially that lights the fire under him and gets him back on track. And so, uh, you can't really argue with the decision, you know? Yeah. So, so like with that, I, I've seen a lot of rumors and, and I, going, especially going first, second round, that Washington was going to trade him yep. in this draft. But I don't think they're going to trade him for a third rounder unless it's like a third rounder and a, or a third or later and then like a second or third rounder next year or a couple picks. But like third round yeah. seems a little bit late for um, them to be trading. See, it's tough, man. I heard it'd be a similar deal to what the Lions did with Okuda. So, and, yeah, and I thought that was a second rounder, wasn't it? Oh, no. Okuda was a late pick, man. It was like, uh, I'd have to check, but I mean, it was like one of the later rounds of the draft, man. It was a steal for Atlanta, and it was just a throwaway for us. 
I guess, yeah. Is it that right? You know, and I would put Chase Young in the Wow, it was a fifth, fifth round. Yeah. Pick. I wanted to say fifth, but I wasn't sure. But, wow. uh, yeah, they're, they're saying that the Chase Young thing could be somewhere in that ballpark. So. And it wasn't even our own, or it wasn't even Atlanta's fifth round pick. It was because Atlanta's fifth round pick was going to Vegas, so it was it was actually Jacksonville. So that's like a playoff lower area pick. That's yeah. what like number fifth round for Detroit. It's like one fifty. Yeah, move it down 14, 15 spots. Wait a minute. Ooh. That's weird, because this still has Jacksonville listed. <laughs> All right, while you're looking at some stuff, I'll just tell you a couple other fifth-year options that got brought up. Uh, these ones were exercised. No-brainers. Justin Jefferson with the Vikings, Joe Burrow with the Bengals. Uh, aside from that, let me just wrap up my news pieces here. We got Allen Robinson wide receiver from the Rams, traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the teams swapped seventh-round picks. And so, to me, uh, that's a steal, no pun intended, for the Steelers. Um, you know, Allen Robinson, he's had some really good years. It didn't work with the Rams, but he passed his physical. Uh, I think that he's going to provide a lot of value based off of that trade for the Steelers. And then the last item I got is Brian Burns, the uh, Pro Bowl edge from the Carolina Panthers. He underwent ankle surgery this past week, and he is expected to be back by training camp. And so, uh, news-wise, man, that's all I got. If you saw something that I missed, feel free to bring it up. I think the only thing I had was, did you hear that A.B. unretired? I did not. So... He, he tweeted, excited to the return to the NFL this year, wearing a Ravens jersey, hashtag Ravens flock. What? Yeah. So he hasn't been signed by the Ravens. He hasn't been signed. It, it's, it's just. It sounds like a bad April Fool's joke, and we're a yeah, month late. A month late. <laughs> uh, well, that makes sense. It's Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh geez um okay so so yeah news wise man was there anything else you had james no that was it i and i i really truly apologize for my reactions for some of these facts like this is that so so the lions traded 155 apparently to kansas city and and the yeah. 159, the pick we got for Akuda is now Green Bay's pick because of the fact that we traded. Yeah, we moved up for that. We moved yeah. up for, um, which is a good move up. I like it. But but Kansas City just picked Rasheed Rice. I saw that, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't even think I had him in top, top 12 wide receivers in this draft. Yeah, I'd have to uh, I'd have to try and pull up that best available list because now um I got one too many things I'm juggling. <laughs> yeah, I think I had I think I'm, I'm checking ESPN's rankings. Yeah, 
ESPN had him as the 124th overall ranked mm. player, number 16 at wide receiver. Mm. Anyways, um, so yeah, so this draft has been fucking ridiculously crazy, and I don't understand why somebody, why uh, fucking Jalen Hyatt is dropping in this draft. Yeah, that's a strange one. Um, well, you know, what do you say? Do you want to kick it over and do our round one recap? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, James, you know, I, I sent you over the spreadsheet earlier, just reminding you of what we put together for our mock draft. Uh, and it's just a point of reference. And so, you know, the way that I went through this exercise for tonight is that, you know, I went in, I populated all the picks from yesterday uh, I put the team needs next to that and then what the selections were with uh, my draft grade. And then based on who was taken and who was still available, I put in what I probably would have done in the moment and not not necessarily what we did before, because, you know, that doesn't necessarily apply to who actually comes off the board and when and the real thing. But uh, and then I've got a comment on each pick. And so most of my grades are based on you know, did they um, get good value out of the pick, meaning they took one of the best available guys, and did they fill one of their top needs? And so, um, you know, if they hit those two criteria pretty well, they scored well for me. If they didn't, maybe they reached for a guy uh, or they took a luxury pick or whatever, then I dinged them a little bit. And for some of them, I kind of have like uh, a little bit of like a, a personal comment of, you know, maybe a guy that I liked, but I didn't really think it was the best pick that the team could have made. But, you know, I, I still liked it. It's just that grade wise could have been better. Um, and so that's just a little bit of like the method to the madness on how I did it. Um, you know, in, you know, if you want to explain your way, I know some of it's an emotional thing. Some of it's, you know, especially with the Lions, we get biased, but uh you know, yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of rambling, man. Why don't we just yeah. jump into it? Does so, that sound good? So how I, real quick, how I did it was I just put in our mock draft so I could reference and remember what we were thinking at the time. Um, sure. I also okay. I'm not going to give too much. Give that thing. So then, so then I, you know, I put, I put, I took your spreadsheet because you, you already nice put the needs and the the teams there for me. And then I went in, put in, put in the, I'm sorry, we had that on the mock draft spreadsheet. And then I went in, put in, put in the picks, put in the order, what team, and then put who was picked. And then I graded it. Mm-hmm. I graded it based on, based on what I thought they should have done at the time. Like, like how I felt about the player and I also incorporated like, like what did they do? Did they trade? Did they like, for instance, we'll do shoes and lions. Like, yeah. Like the fact, yeah. the fact that they traded back, kind of gave a little bit of didn't gave them a little bit of better grade on the pick because they got some assets in return for it. So, so it's not as terrible as if they would have picked him where they where they picked him, or if they traded up some players. Some some teams got got downgraded on it because that player probably would have been available where they picked anyways, and they gave up assets to get up to a player that I didn't that I thought would still be there where they. I got you. Yeah, and I I like that you mentioned that because yeah, the trade component 
does add a different element to it. And I didn't cover that as much. A couple of the teams I pointed it out, but um, I don't know. What were there, like six first-round trades or something? Something like that. Something and like there's, that. there's yeah. been like 12 yeah. so far in the second round. Yeah, there's been a ton now. Yeah, it's just going fast. So Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. And so let's just start off at the top here with the first pick. The Carolina Panthers took quarterback Bryce Young. Um, you know, that was kind of like the consensus pick. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I gave them an A. They they took the top guy on ESPN's best available, um, despite the size concerns. They they felt like he was the best guy in agreement with that. And it was their top need. And so to me, I thought that was an A pick. You know, just kind of like, I don't know what else you do. You know, that, that made sense from where they were at. They traded up to one for this exact reason. And so I was good with it, man. What did you think? So, so you know, I gave them an A as well. I mean, this this was no-brainer consensus, best QB in the draft. Um, they needed a QB, and they they went out. They were aggressive, traded up. Yeah, I gave up some assets to get that get that control to pick the QB they wanted as opposed to who fell to them mm-hmm. and and pick the QB they wanted who who clearly was the best QB in, in the draft. I don't care what you hear about size. There's there's ways you can mitigate size. Like like yeah, he's yeah. a little bit he's a little bit smaller than uh than than Russell Wilson, but he or a little bit lighter. Lighter, lighter in the pants. Russell Wilson, but he's but he's but he, but he's about the same height and there's ways to mitigate that. Yeah. And it, as and you can mitigate that if you can mitigate that I think it, you'll be fine um on that. You know what I'm actually I'm doing a slight modification I'm doing an A minus for this one because um, they did trade a lot to get up to that pick and so I I think that it made sense and it was the right thing to do um, but I I, I don't want to give them that like solid A just because they did have to give up so much to get there. You know, honestly, I don't considering it. Yeah, that's right because. And hey, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with you sticking with a different grade. I'm sure we're gonna be right. they, we're gonna be all over the board here, man. Because Chicago sent the first rounder to Carolina for DJ Moore, the first second round p- picks this year, first round next year, and second round in 2025. That is a lot. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. You know, I. So I forgot to consider pre-draft grades. Yeah. And you know what? I think I think it's I think I'm going to take it down to a B on that. I would take okay. it down to like a B B plus because because that is way too much to give up give up for Yeah. I mean, for, you know, they're football. they're one yeah. their franchise quarterback and so I get that, but yeah, it is a lot to give up. And so I can't mm-hmm. give it a solid A. It's, you know, for me I'll I'll still go A minus, but uh, but yeah, you know, so what are you doing? You're doing B, B plus. What are you sticking in? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a B minus, a B plus, B plus. Sorry. Okay. In fact, you know what? I want to add your stuff to my spreadsheet just so we have both of them on here. Why not? You know, you said B plus. Yeah. B plus. Cool. 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 It's always fun to go back and look at these sometimes. Uh, all right, so then at number two, we got the Houston Texans, and so they ended up drafting quarterback C.J. Stroud. Uh, this one was kind of like a shocker with the way they were sort of slow playing it and telling people that 
they might not go after Stroud or whatever. You know, I, I'm sure all smoke and mirrors, obviously, because they ended up taking him. And uh, I like the pick, James. It was their top need, in, you know, on my list. And Stroud, despite the low S2 score, I thought he had amazing tape. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I had him a lot higher on my personal board. Uh, and so I gave him an A here. I liked it. So I gave him and and I combined this both pick their and both their picks and gave it an A plus. Okay. Because because they got they got their franchise quarterback, which is what they needed. And and when we did the mock draft, I said they should draft Stroud. Yep. Bryce Young is definitely going going number one. Houston should definitely, definitely, most definitely draft Stroud. I don't care about all this other stuff. Look at what's on the field. Look at what he's put. Look at the tape he's put on on the field. Yeah. Yeah. He had yeah. he had like 83 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in his college career. Yeah. He's had like one bad game against yeah. Michigan. Everything else has been phenomenal. Exactly. You want you want to comp? Look what he did in in the was it the semifinal game against Georgia? Oh, Georgia. I mean, he he freaking lit yeah. it up, even freaking though they lost. Almost, almost, almost took. Uh, it was two years ago, and not this past season, but the season before, and almost, almost, almost beat Georgia. He yeah. had like 323 yards passing, like no interceptions against Georgia, and and I thought he was the no no brainer. He put it on tape. The S two S two test. While I understand the point that's being being made, that no quarterback. The S2 test isn't perfect, but no quarterback that scored low on the S2 test has been successful in the NFL. But also, one thing you got to consider with this with this whole thing is a lot of quarterbacks that are that are drafted high or drafted teams are teams that don't have a quarterback and have no yeah. clue what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I I love the fact that that they picked him and then and then moving moving to number three with them. With uh, Will Anderson. Trading up for Will Anderson, yep. Trading up for Will Anderson. That was who I thought they would pick if they didn't pick Stroud. Same here. Like Those those were the best two players, the best offensive, best defensive player right there. Yeah. And you have you have D'Amico Ryans, who's a defensive head coach, who has, who number one, got the franchise quarterback. Number two, got that player that's going to be the anchor on that, on that defensive line forever. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and so and, yeah, go ahead, man. And they gave up. Yeah, okay. They they gave up. They gave up. They traded. They got Arizona's first and fourth round pick, and they gave Arizona their their first round pick. So they swapped first round picks. They're, yeah, their number fourteen or twelve or twelve. Twelve yeah. number twelve pick and and number thirty three pick uh, yeah. um, of the second pick of the second round, um, and they also gave up first and third in twenty twenty four. Yeah, but this is, I yeah, this is like a move that championship franchises do. You yeah, go so, out, you're aggressive, you get the players you want, and like this is, it's like, it's like seriously, like if you want to be a championship franchise, that's what you do. You see a player you want, you see a player that fits perfectly, you do what it takes to get it. Oh yeah, yeah. So I I like the way you broke it down. Um, I ended up putting it into two grades and so I did an A for Stroud I did a B plus for Will Anderson B 
because of what they had to trade to get back up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, but if I was looking at the strategy, I'm with you. I give it an A plus because they got uh, they got basically the face of the franchise on both sides of the ball, you know, mm -hmm. and that's like an impossible task in almost any draft. And so, mm -hmm. uh, so it was impressive. I liked it, and and I, I love that Demeco Ryan's got his defensive guy. You know, that's mm -hmm. I always worry about these rookie head coaches when they go the opposite of their strength. And most of them fall into that trap and it ends up being a disaster. Uh, this year, he didn't have to worry about that because he got the best of both worlds. Exactly. Okay, so that takes us to number four with the Indianapolis Colts, James. And so this was, I think, one of the shockers of the draft. Uh, a little, little shocker. I don't know if I'd say huge, but uh, they ended up going after quarterback Anthony Richardson. And so uh, for me... I gave them an A minus here because I thought quarterback was their top need. Uh, but I did have Levis rated higher. And, um, you know, I think Richardson is a little bit riskier and a little, you know, just more of a raw kind of pick. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think for the Colts and where they're at and what they got to do, uh, you know, I can't really knock them too much for it. I thought, hey, you know what? If it works out, this guy could be the next Lamar Jackson or whatever. And so, um, you know, that was my take on it, man. What do you think? So I gave it an A minus, and I the only reason I didn't give it an A or A plus was because of the fact that there is there is downside to Richardson and there is concern on it. But if you look at Richard, you compare Richardson. Richardson, he has a lot of upsides and he has a lot of similar traits to Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. Which where did Shane Steichen come from? Shane Steichen came from. Philadelphia. What did he do with Jalen Hurts? He made him into a super made made Hurts into a Super Bowl, possibly almost a Super Bowl champion quarterback. He played yeah. well enough in the Super Bowl to be a Super Bowl champion, but just was going up against Patrick Mahomes, which is yeah. which which I mean, you can't knock him for losing to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think I think I like the pick better than 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 Levis, and I was fucking with you all night with the line of pick Levis and line because because I just wanted to fuck with you. And I told and and while we're on the topic of Levis, I told you the grossest thing I've ever heard, <laughs> which deals with Will Levis is, and I've seen the video of this. Yeah, he puts fucking mayonnaise in his coffee, and not just a little bit of mayonnaise. Like gobs and gobs and gobs of mayonnaise. If, if you I, haven't I did seen see the it, one video, go, yeah, go on, go on and look for it. It is disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I've had I've had mayo with my French fries, but never in my coffee. Yeah. So I like I like the fact, and and I think you know when I what what I like about it, and and this kind of all week was kicking in the back of my mind. Rumors were that Andy, Indianapolis liked. Uh, like Levis, Indianapolis yeah. Levis, and I think in I think they were trying to bait the other teams in their division. Okay. To trade up, like Tennessee, trade up and get Levis if that's who you yeah. like. Which Levis and Levis ended up going in the second round to Tennessee, which I think that's who Tennessee really liked, and they just yeah. they're just like, wait a minute, he he's not going to go in any of these picks, so we'll just come back and pick him in the second round. We'll trade up in the second round to get him. But I think it was kind of like baiting them to trade up ahead of Indianapolis. If you like Levis pick, you know, you got to pick before go us. Go get him. You yeah. really like him. It's like, wink, wink, we really like this Levis guy. No, I, I think that, yeah, that's, um, you know, there's always some trickery taking place with the draft. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's that 
you know, you got two different things going on with these players. And, you know, like you look at these mobile quarterbacks and, you know, the shelf life for them typically isn't as long because they take Mm -hmm. the hits. And then with Richardson, the accuracy is just so far off that in my book, it's like, oh, man, I'd rather take uh, Levis. (laughs) I know I keep saying it funny, but, uh, you know, with that freaking elite cannon of an arm. But that's all Levis has is the cannon in the arm. He's not, he, he doesn't know when to throw the ball away. He takes too many sacks. He throws too many interceptions. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I like uh, I like his potential. So, you know, it's like an agree to disagree thing. You know, I think that him and Richardson have very similar risk. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just would probably be more comfortable with Levis. So, yeah. Um, all right. Keeping it moving here. Next up, we got the Seahawks at five. And so, James, they took cornerback Devin Witherspoon. Uh, a lot of people think they sniped the Lions on that pick, even though, you know, they didn't move ahead to do it. Uh, but um, I gave them an A minus. And so, you know, a handful of A minuses here in the top five for me. Um, I would have preferred to see them get Jalen Carter. I think it would have provided just a little bit more value for them. Uh, but I get it, Witherspoon, uh, he was in the range of like the top couple guys best available, mm-hmm. and it does still fill one of their top needs. And so uh, I thought it was a, a really good pick for them. I just thought they could have done a little bit better if they took Carter here. Yeah, and so I gave this an A, and the reason I gave this an, this an A is, uh, first of all, Witherspoon was, was by far, by far the two, the two best quarter, our cornerbacks in the in the draft for Witherspoon and Gonzalez, head and shoulders above the rest. I think I think Witherspoon was head and shoulders above Gonzalez. That's how high I am on Witherspoon. Yeah, real, I mean, um, his tape looks amazing. Super physical for a yeah. corner, man. Yeah, I think I think being in Seattle is making Witherspoon the clear opening favorite for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. And and especially since you're you're putting him next to Tyreek Wallen, yep. who they drafted last year. And how did they how did they start the Legion of Boom? They had the young cornerbacks. This is Legion yeah. of Boom number two. It's become it's becoming Legion of Boom esque with these talented cornerbacks they're putting in there. Oh yeah, and they do still have a trio of safeties. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, well now that they brought in Julian Love, um, you know, yeah, it it I like what they're doing in the secondary. Yeah, it is nice. Uh, okay, so going to six now, we got the Arizona Cardinals. And so they traded uh, from three down to 12, and then they traded back up from 12 to six with the Lions. And so um, Arizona took offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. And this one, James, I gave a B-minus grade. Um, and the way I looked at it was that Either Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter were both still on the board. They could have provided more value and filled a bigger, more pressing need. I don't think they need that strength on the offensive line so much this year because we know it's going to kind of be, uh, you know, a little bit of a wasted year until Kyler comes back. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't want to smoke him completely because Paris Johnson was uh, one of the top three offensive linemen available. It just felt like a little bit of a reach and that they could have gotten more bang for their buck, in my opinion. 
Okay. So with Arizona, I gave them an A, and I okay. included the fact that that in their transactions overall, they picked picked up a 2024 first round pick. That's a very good point. And that, that's actually a really good point. And they probably, with picking up that 2024 first round pick at six instead of three, they picked the player that they probably were going to pick anyways. They were going to pick Paris Johnson Jr. They, the reason they were going to pick Paris Johnson Jr., and I hear what you're saying, they don't necessarily need it, need him this year. Kyler Murray is really somehow became really close with Paris Johnson Jr. This was who Kyler okay. Murray wanted Arizona to pick. That's good to know. He was he was he was very clear. You know, I had one and two. I had him at two at offensive tackle. Um, but they were so closely ranked, it's kind of a wash, and they're making the quarterback who they have to motivate somehow to do the work <laughs> happy. By making them happy, they're they're probably looking at the long-term picture. You, you have a year, yeah, it's going to be a wash, but he's going to get that experience. And when Kyler Murray comes back, he's going to be he's going to be that stalwart deep offensive tackle that they need to protect Kyler Murray. And I, and I do like that aspect of it. And so I'm glad you mentioned that they accumulated that first round pick for next year because, yeah, if I, if I rewrote this grade, I'd probably bump it up. But, uh, but that's okay. Um, that's why we do this. And so at seven, James, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they took Tyree Wilson. He's an edge guy. Um, I like the pick. I gave him an A- minus here. And... Really, for me, when I looked at their needs, cornerback was the top, offensive line was the second, and then defensive line was the third. Uh, the The value wasn't really there for cornerback or offensive linemen, and so they went defensive line. Uh, Jalen Carter and Tyree Wilson were the top two guys on the board. I had Carter, once again, rated just a little bit better than Tyree Wilson, um, you know, and so I gave them the A minus instead of the A based on that. But I, I do think it fills one of their top needs. Still a good pick overall. So I gave I gave the Raiders an A minus as well. And I had two can't miss prospects in this draft. Okay. Number one was um was uh Bryce Young. Number two was Tyree Wilson. Wow, I didn't know you were that high on him, man. Uh, I thought those were the two can't-miss stud prospects. I thought Will Anderson Jr. was a, was a close third okay. in there. But I did, but Tyree Wilson was by far and above the best defensive end, best, best defensive end in, in this draft. Um, and, but I thought they would go with the bigger need at corner, cornerback, which, I, which Gonzalez was still available, and I thought that still would have been value there with Gonzalez, which it is. it was a bigger need for them. But I, overall, he, I thought he was a can't-miss prospect, and he can, he can do good things, especially putting him opposite on the opposite side of the line of uh, Max, uh, what's-his-face, Williams? Crosby. Crosby. Thank you. I get those two confused. Oh, yeah. Uh, Max Crosby, I, and I think that's this is shaping up to be a good defensive line. And one of the things you need, especially being in the AFC West, you need the cornerback more because you have a lot of passing, but you need the defensive end that's not going to lose the contain and let these these young quarterbacks, uh, Herbert and um, 
and Mahomes and even the older Russell Wilson out of the pocket. True. No, very good assessment, man. Um, all right, so at eight, we got the Atlanta Falcons, and they drafted running back B. John Robinson. This is a little bit of a tricky one for me, and so um, James, I love B. John Robinson. I think, you know, at this point, he was like the very obvious best available player, um, and I think that he'll do great things with Arthur Smith in that offense, but I gave this a C-plus because... I had running back at the very bottom of the team needs. And, you know, they had Tyler uh, Algier, however you say his name last year, mm-hmm. uh, I think went over a thousand yards. Um, you know, they still got Cordero Patterson. I, I just, you know, even though this guy's like a generational talent, and I think he's going to do great things in that offense with Arthur Smith. Uh, I thought they could have got a lot more bang for their buck in other places. And it was a little bit of a luxury pick that the team has too many other needs to take that kind of luxury pick. It just wasn't practical for me. And so even though I'm excited for him and I believe he's going to do well, the practicality, I had to ding the grade in my opinion, man. Yeah. So I agree with you. I gave them actually a C for this pick. And the reason I gave him a C, because he was not a need player. I didn't fail him completely because last year the running game was the strength of the the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. And they they had a lot of other needs that they could have addressed here. But also, I wasn't surprised by the pick because I was hearing all week that this is who Atlanta was going to pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't surprised, but I thought it was a C because it wasn't a need. And they're just adding to the—they had the strength of their offense— was uh, was the running game anyways. They're adding to it, and I understand that, but he is a stud, and he's more of an offensive weapon, so yes. that's, why I, that's why I gave it a C instead of, instead of failing them. Nice, nice. And we were close there. I like that. Uh, so at nine, then, we got the Philadelphia Eagles. They traded up to get ahead of the Chicago Bears here, and they drafted defensive tackle Jalen Carter, this, James, is my first A+. And so I liked this pick a lot. Uh, even though Carter comes with some risk, I think it was really wise for Philly to get ahead of Chicago and get this guy here. And he was the um, top guy on the board at the time for me, and he fills their top need. And so I thought it was just like, um, you know, they did the right thing to get the stars to align for him. Yeah, so I was looking at at what how the trade worked with this one, and and I haven't I haven't seen the full details yet of the trade. Okay. Um. So so I couldn't really I gave it an A, and the reason I gave it an A is because there's there's concerns there's off the field concerns, character concerns, and there's work ethic concerns with Carter. If you remember his pro day, he basically couldn't finish it. Um, it's I, I think, and I'll get into this a little bit more when we get to their next pick. But like basically, four of four of their front seven are draft picks in the last two years from Georgia. That's true. That's true. But I gave them an A here uh, because because of just because of the the off the field and work ethic concerns. I think that I think the um, veteran leadership in in Philly, and the fact that he's familiar with some of those players because he played with uh, Nicobe Dean and he played with uh, 
uh, who's the other guy they drafted two years ago? Shit, I can't remember. He played with them, so he's familiar with them. Um, it wasn't Reddick, was it? Um, no, I don't think so. I'm just trying to remember. It was because they got Dean in like the third round, and yeah, he slid. Yeah, he slid, which was phenomenal. And then it was. Yeah, I mean they basically Jordan Davis and you know Nicobe Dean, and then this year Jalen Carter and uh, Nolan Smith. You know it was like basically just doubling down on that combination of the interior defensive line and the. Uh, uh, it, was, it was last year. It wasn't two years ago. I'm sorry. It was Jordan Davis. Okay. So so yeah. So he played with Jordan Davis and he played he played with Nicobe Dean and then he played with Nolan Smith. So I think that's that familiarity there. And also, I kind of knocked him because the Georgia coaches were kind of knocking him and being brutally honest, from what I heard. Like, with oh, Gia, gotcha. Like, there's there's a lot a lot to it. So that's why why he, he felt. I mean, he's he's a talented player, and he needs that leadership that I think Philly has. But that's why I gave it an A. And then we get to the Bears. Yes. All right. Go ahead, man. So I gave I gave the Bears a B minus. The only reason I gave B minus is number one, they moved back and they they acquired some assets there for um, drafting Darnell Wright. Um, I had him as like the fourth or fifth offensive tackle in the draft. The next guy. Um, yeah. And he was like number three, best available offensive lineman when they made yeah. the pick here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and who I had as the best offensive lineman in the draft was still available there. Same, the best, yep. best tackle in the draft was still available there. Um, Skaronski? No, no, I had Skor- I, I have Skaronski as playing guard. I oh, gotcha. Okay. I have I have him looking at his tape. He's more his fits more the guard position than the tackle position. Um, I'm looking for it was I think who did I have? I think it was Broderick Jones. I had at number one. Okay. Offensive tackle. Yeah, yeah we're pretty Broderick close Jones. here. I I gave yeah. him a B plus here. Um, but yeah, I would have preferred them to take Skaronsky, who we mm-hmm. mocked to them because I liked the versatility of Skaronsky being mm-hmm. able to come in and maybe move around until they find the best combination on that line since they already have one or two guys, but they do still have uh, at least two holes on that offensive line. I just yeah. thought that versatility would have been probably the best of both worlds. Right, and I, I, agree with, I agree with you. Strassi would have been a better pick for them who went to Tennessee at um, at number 11, and I yep. gave them an A for picking picking Strassi. He'll probably probably ultimately play guard for them. Um, so, I'm but, sorry, you're saying you're giving Tennessee an A? I give Tennessee an A. I give Chicago okay. a B-minus. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so I gave them I gave them an A for Skronsky. He'll probably end up playing guard for him, but he is he Skronsky excels at the at rush block run blocking, and that's the heart and soul of Tennessee's offense is the run game. And I, I Derrick Henry is going to he had he had a little bit of a down year last year. He's going to return to two years ago running behind Skronsky at guard. I I I really love that love Skronsky going to Tennessee. 
because of what he can do for Derrick Henry. And they have the run, they have the focus on the running game, which makes him a perfect fit for them. I almost gave it an A plus, but the only reason I didn't is because seeing Skaronsky, who I think his arms are too sh- a little bit too short to play offensive tackle, it's more 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 of a guard in your offensive lineman. Picking yeah. guard at eleven is is I think a stretch. But yeah, it's I, high unless you're getting all pro level yeah, guard. And and exactly. you never know. He could he could get there, but yeah, it's um yeah, and, and so I did give him an A plus. And so we're close, A and A plus, but I liked that this was one of those sort of like stars aligning where he was the best available prospect on my board at the time of the pick, and it was also their biggest need. And so to me that's like the perfect matchup and uh, it's just like a little bonus that they're a run first team. And so it just was like all the stars aligned here for Tennessee, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. I did, and I just, just the splitting the difference between guard and tackle is why I didn't give them the A plus. Mm-hmm. Well, would you like to uh, uh, do the honors Detroit here with the Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions go and pick Jameer Gibbs. Now, at number 12, I gave this pick a D. Okay. The reason the reason that I didn't completely fail them for this pick, even though I think it's a fucked up pick, is because of the fact that so so they picked a late late first early second round prospect at number 12. Yes. Not a need. Only reason I didn't completely fail them is they picked up additional capital moving back. And then my note says this is what we know. The only reason not completely fail them is they picked up an additional pro- capital moving back, but dumb fucking pick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't really know what to add on to that. It's it's a maddening kind of pick for me because they just signed Montgomery to a big contract and free agency. Mm-hmm. I get it. You, you know, maybe they're going to trade and move on from Swift, but. There were a lot of really good defensive players on the board and the bigger needs for this team are for sure on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I was looking at Nolan Smith here. I thought that that could have been a good pick for them. Um, And and really, you know, like I kind of mentioned is that with running back, I would have preferred that they waited and get Charbonnet in the second Mm -hmm. round. I thought that was like the sweet spot where now you're really, you know, plus he's more of a power runner. Gibbs is like this receiving, honestly, he's like, he's a committee back and you drafted him at a level in the draft where he really needs to be a workhorse back, but he's not. And so it's just, that's a problem for me. Yeah. Well, one thing to consider though, is also with uh, DeAndre Swift is he's coming into the last year of his contract. So, and that's when generally running backs want to be paid. I'm when I'm your starting running back, I should get paid, but you know what? I agree. And he's been hurt thought, a lot. And so he's got to go. I get it. He's got to right. go. I, thought, I, I just, thought, yeah, I thought I would have, I would have been happy with, with, with Pansy. I would have been happy with Nolan's known Smith. Oh, yeah. And I would have, yeah. I would have been happy with Christian Gonzalez here at 12. Yeah. All three he's, of those guys. I would have been good guys. with. Yeah. I would have been happy with, and I would have given him a fucking a, yep. a plus. But they went out and drafted Jameer Gibbs, and I don't understand fucking why. Yeah, it blew my mind. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, I think on the best available, you had Nolan Smith and Christian Gonzalez is the highest rated. 
and then Cansey was just below that. But mm-hmm. I'm with you. If it was Nolan Smith or Gonzalez, I probably would have done an A. And if it was Cansey, I probably would have done an A minus only because I thought they could have got Cansey at 18, which is where like everybody and their mom was mocking Cansey going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that didn't happen either. But we'll get to that in a minute. So, all right. Next up, we got the Packers, James. And so the Packers took defensive end edge player Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the reviews I've seen really liked this pick. I gave it a B plus. Uh, I have some hesitations. You know, one of them is that first of all, I thought Dalton Kincaid should have been the pick here. He was the, um, uh, like the highest rated or equivalent rated player that filled their, one of their biggest needs. And, uh, I thought that that was like the perfect landing spot with, Van Ness, his scouting reports, they say there's a lot of potential there, but he really wasn't even a full-time starter at Iowa. And so there's some things that I'm just not totally sure about with him. And so uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't get on board with the A grades like I've been seeing on all these different websites, man. I gave this grade an F. Okay. Yeah, so I you didn't like it at all. No. So I'm not sure. I'm not really certain why everyone's so high on Van Ness. Um, when I when I sat down and looked at looked at all my research on it, um, he was a late first, early second round prospect. As it was, he he has he has the potential. He didn't start in college, like you said. Secondly, he had, he wasn't ever used. He wasn't really ever used on rushing down. So his rush, his his defense against the rush is really an unknown. He, it's it's not seen. Yeah, he has the potential to do that, but he's 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 purely used on passing downs at Iowa. Basically, they had tight end was a bigger need, cornerback was a bigger need. Um, they could have they could have and should have picked either Kincaid or Gonzalez. Yeah, but they went with somebody that I think it was a late first first round pick. Okay, yeah, and so you know with the B plus that I gave. A lot of it was based on him, you know, if you looked at the ESPN best available at the time of this pick, he was one of those top couple guys available. And so I think that's where that's where I'm struggling with it is just that how are there so many guys that are so high on him? I, I don't know. I'm missing something, man. I, I think I'm I'm more in agreement with you. Um, and maybe I gave a little bit of the benefit of the doubt on the grade because how high up this guy got on that best available list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't, I, I don't understand it. There's, there's more needs there. I mean, I mean, they could, they could have, like, if you didn't want to go with, with, um, with Kincaid, or you didn't want to go with Gonzalez, you could have gone with um, any of the top wide receivers. Any of the top wide receivers, you could have gone. I mean, and Jigba would have been good here. Uh, you you could have you could have gone. I mean, heck, you could have gone safety here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for me, it was either going to be Kincaid or one of the wide receivers because, yeah. you know, we talk a lot about how they made their bed with freaking Jordan Love. Now they got a lay in it. Uh, you know, <laughs> the least they could have done is give the guy a weapon. <laughs> but yeah, and <laughs> and okay. we should. This is this 13 with Green Bay got um, as part of the Aaron Rodgers 
trade, which when we mocked it, we mocked Kincaid to him to them at 15. I would have been fine taking Kincaid at 13 based on need. Mm-hmm. Like what tight end? What tight end do they have on the uh, on the roster? They don't. They lost Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tanyan. Yeah, and it, and I mean, I would I would have been even even fine if they would have, and and this would have been a stretch, but I still would have been fine with it if they picked a. Oh, oh shit, what's his name? Um, dude, the Lions just picked. Uh, uh, oh, the safety. Oh, uh, Branch. Branch. Like, I would have been fine with them going Yeah, because he had a late first-round grade, you know? So yeah. maybe you're reaching, but you're filling one of your top needs. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's it's fine. It is. That's, that's who they pick. And then we have the Steelers trading with New England to get the uh, 14, number 14 pick. And they drafted Broderick Jones, who I thought was was the best tackle, offensive tackle in the draft. I gave them an A-minus grade, though. Okay. And, and and yeah, for years and years and years, we've been asking them to draft a to draft offensive line to take care of that offensive line, and they got they got the top, if not the top, one of the top offensive tackles in the line. Yeah. But but they wouldn't they didn't have to move up for him. They didn't have okay. to give up the assets to move up for him because the, I don't think the Jets. I don't think the. Uh, commanders were going to, and I don't think the Patriots were going to take him. Okay. Yeah. See, I think there was a little bit of risk of both the jets and the commanders, but, um, in either event, I, I gave them an a, I thought it was well done. I thought that, you know, this was a long overdue thing. We've talked about it, you know, let Najee Harris have some running lanes and for sure. Now with Kenny Pickett, you got to protect him. And so, uh, I thought this was a great pick, and so I, I I gave him the A here. I was tempted to go A plus, but uh, I stuck with the A. Uh, and then you have the Jets who picked at fifteen. This was part of the pick swap of the Aaron Rodgers trade. They picked Will McDonald, the fourth outside linebacker from Iowa State. I gave them an F. Oh shit! You smoked them here, man. So you still had you still had Nolan Smith and Ol- yeah. Ol- 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 on the board who available who could and would play week one for the Jets. I think McDonald um, needs. You watching the Lions pick? We're going to take a pause. We're going to take a pause because <laughs> I, I think I agree. I'm going to, I'm going to be so happy with this pick. Oh yeah. Cause you know who it's going to be before you announce it, it's going to be Hendon Hooker. Third round. Holy shit. It is Hendon Hooker. I told you. I'm just surprised that he fell this far, man. I am too. And I love that pick there. I love that pick there. At this spot, how do you not, you know? So I love that pick there. Okay. About fucking time. Okay. It, it, that's interesting. That's going to be interesting. You know, I think, you know, looking for the future, it, it makes sense. Um, yeah. So anyways, Will McDonald, he needs to develop, he needs to mature physically. He's a little bit undersized to play, play outside line, play, play the edge position. Um, Nolan Smith and Ojari play week one. Um, and I just, I did not like him here with who was on the board. 
I got you. And so, yeah, I knocked him. I didn't go that far down, but I gave him a C. I like the player. I, I like his scouting report, uh, but I thought it was a reach. I thought Nolan Smith would have been a better fit, higher mm-hmm. rated guy on the board, and actually filled probably a higher need. I didn't think that the edge position was that high up on the list, uh, but um, I also do know that they like to stack that defensive line. And so, you know, to some degree, I didn't want to like totally kill it. It just, you know, it was a reach. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we agree in similarity on some of that. Yeah. At, at number 16, you had the Washington Commanders. They drafted Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback from Mississippi State. Forbes should not have been picked here. I gave them a D for this pick because it did fit a need. Yeah, it was their top need, but yeah, they reached for him. They reached for him. Forbes, Forbes is better in man coverage, and and Washington generally plays plays zone coverage, and he has unknown talent in zone coverage because he didn't really play it. He got beat a lot in zone coverage. Um, he, Forbes probably was a second round pick that they picked in the middle of the first round. Um, you had Gonzalez, um, and. Yeah. Who's 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 an elite cornerback, and yeah, hoping, Gonzalez was like rated four points higher, I think. Yeah, on ESPN, and it hoping, just was too big of a spread, man. Forbes is kind of a project cornerback, hoping he can play. Yeah, play play zone. Um, I I just I didn't like it, like it at all. Okay. I gave it a D because it did fit a need, but but some of like some of it doesn't make sense. All right, so the Lions have made five picks. The first three, the first three were highly questionable. Uh, the last two were extremely good value. Mm-hmm. Jesus, man, what are they doing to us? Um, all right, yeah, I, I would have, you know, with Washington, I gave them a C. I was blown away that they didn't take Christian Gonzalez. Um, I had Forbes as the number four available cornerback at the time of the pick. And so I just, I, I couldn't get on board with it. Um, but then we got 17, the New England Patriots. They took Christian Gonzalez, which filled their top need. And he was and also. I, actually, I just noticed the Rams traded out behind the Lions. Okay. Um, to Houston, which tells me the Rams were going to pick Hendon Hooker. Ah, interesting uh, observation so there, man. I think the Lions sniped them. But anyways, Good. I. Good. So, so at 17, New England traded back from 14 and drafted Christian Gonzalez. I gave this pick an A+. Plus. Same here. It's Same great here. value. They moved, moved down three spots, and they added – they got out of it. They moved down three spots, probably got who they were going to pick anyways, added a fourth-round fourth round selection, which, which Belichick does his homework on those guys late in the draft. You're, and they're going to get talent there. Um, I thought there was no – chance he would be available at their original pick which was 14 same here yeah and and i'm i'm just i'm i'm shocked that i don't know how and i'm appalled how did this happen but i mean good for bill he, yeah he, no, he got player and he loves his secondary too so mm-hmm. i think it was a great pick for him all right james i'll let you do the honors again with the detroit lions at 18 Okay, at number 18, the fucking Detroit Lions picked Jack Campbell, 
inside linebacker from Iowa. I gave this pick an F minus. I know you didn't think F minus was possible. This was the worst pick of the entire first round. Yes. (sighs) Okay. Yes, this was a need. But this guy wasn't even a top 50 prospect. Yeah. Yeah. Defensive tackle was a need also. Yeah. And they could have picked Cansey, Kalijah Cansey here, who, which, which if they would have played, picked Kalijah Cansey here, that would have almost made up for picking Jimmer Gibbs at 12. Yeah, I would have been fine with Nolan Smith. I would have been fine with Cansey. I would have been fine with Miles Murphy. They could have done a lot of things here. I would have probably even been fine if they went Joey Porter Jr. here, but it just, you know, and, and here's the thing. Yeah, Jack Campbell, so I gave him a C-. minus. Jack Campbell does fill a need. We have a big need at linebacker, okay? And mm-hmm. I actually really like the scouting report on Jack Campbell. Uh, but they could have picked him at number 55 and th- still gotten him because nobody yeah. was going to pick him. Nobody exactly. was going to pick him between, exactly. between 19 exactly. and 55. Nobody was going to pick Jack yeah. Campbell. Exactly. He wasn't a top 50 prospect. Linebackers get devalued in the draft anyhow. And so, um, you know, if you were really that anxious, you could have used that early second round pick and gotten him there. I probably still would have thought, hey, you're reaching, but I would have been more comfortable with it, uh, you know. Going 18 in the draft, it's tough, especially when you look at them having just extended Anzalone to a fairly big contract. Um, You know, it just makes me wonder how the heck this is going to play out. And so Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that it works out. It's just you're you're paying a uh, like mid to late second round pick first round money. That's just not a wise decision when you're building a team. And so it's okay, you know, but uh, I'm not happy about it. Wow. All right. So at this 19, like James, we got the by. Oh yeah, I know these guys are just making picks, bud. Uh, so at 19, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They took Kalijah Cansey, um, and so this is one where it's similar to me uh, to what Atlanta did with Bijan Robinson. I like the player, and I think he's going to fit in really well on that defense. But I thought it was so far down on their list of needs that I gave it a C plus. And to me, this is one of the spots where I would have thought they would have gone after quarterback Will Levis because I know they brought in Baker Mayfield. I, you know, he's not their quarterback of the future. He is not their franchise guy. And I think that they're in denial that they're rebuilding this team. But that is in fact what they are doing. They should have embraced it, gotten their quarterback of the future. Uh, it, you know, can't see. I like, like I said, I like him. I think he's going to do great. I just didn't like the pick here. All right. I am on the opposite spectrum for you for for this pick. I gave it an A. Okay. And I agree they had other other picks they could have taken here. But I just love Cansey so much, and defensive line was a need. And putting him, adding him to that defensive line that had problems stopping the run last year, is is was a need that they had. It, it was it was a need. 
yeah, maybe they needed an offensive lineman. The offensive lineman that were available here possibly wouldn't fit their scheme or wasn't yeah. the right yeah. offensive lineman for him. Yeah, the board didn't look good for offensive linemen. But I I thought they could have gone quarterback, or if you're not going to do quarterback, uh, they could have went Brian Branch at safety. They could have went tight end. You know, I thought that they could have done some things that would have given them a little bit more bang for the buck. You know, I just had that defensive lineman position a little bit further down on my list of priorities for them. Yeah, and I hear that. I kind of, but I like, I like, the the value here. Yeah. Um I mean he was he was ranked twenty second, so it's not that far off. No, no, no. Um so I mean it's it's not that far off and it's and it was a need and I just I thought it was an awkward place for them to Yeah, yeah. The uh, board was not in their favor. That's yeah. for sure. You know, and it's good to point that out. But I like I said, I thought this was a little bit like Bijan going to Atlanta where You've got a running back going to a team with a coach that wants to exploit that running back. Um, you know, with Cansey going to Todd Bowles' defense, it's like Todd Bowles is going to know how to maximize his potential. And so I liked that a lot. It just, you know, they could have went with a bigger need and uh, maybe a little bit better value. But it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah. All right, so at 20, James, we've got the Seattle Seahawks, and they took Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith in Jigba. Uh, I gave this one a B, and I, you know, I like that they took one of the best available players at this point in the draft, but I did think they could have filled a bigger need, and I had them, you know, with the way the board was shaken out, I had them going Miles Murphy here. Um, you know, I just look at the wide receiver position. I'm like, come on, man, you got Lockett, you got Metcalf. <laughs> Do you really need to go wide receiver? But, uh, you know, it's going to help them. And so I didn't want to smoke the pick. I just wasn't comfortable giving them an A for this spot. What do you think, man? So I, I gave them an A. And the reason I gave them an A, I really like Njigwa's fit with Seattle. I love this for Seattle. Playing in that slot role. Playing that slot role, which is where Njigwa excelled at in college. Um, he can he easily finds the soft pod, soft spot in zone coverage. Um, you have the ultra accurate Geno Smith coming in at quarterback. That's that's going to need a quarterback that has this, or receivers that have the soft hands that can catch the balls underneath because Geno Smith can't can't needs that to be able to stretch the field a little bit. Um, and that's why I gave it an, gave it an A here. Okay. I, lo- I I actually like all. Of, the wide receiver picks except for Quentin Johnson going to Los, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, we draft we based on our mock draft, we had um Jordan Addison going to the Chargers, which I thought Addison was a better fit for the Chargers than Quentin Johnson was. Um he's he, yeah, he's he's a d- okay fit where they'll where they'll play him, but and but it's really a depth move at wide yeah. receiver for them. Um, that they didn't need, um, maybe maybe going tight end with because uh, I believe at this point Kincaid was still on Kincaid the board. Kincaid was still there, man. That maybe was, go, which was yeah. a need. They could have gone safety. They could have gone safety, which was <laughs> yeah. a need. Um, wide receiver was was really really not a need for for the Los Angeles Chargers. So what'd you what'd you grade them? I gave them a C plus. Okay. Well, we were fairly close. I gave him a C minus there, and and to me, it had 
a, a similarity to uh, the Seattle pick in that, you know, they've got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And so, okay, you're going and you're getting your number three wide receiver in the first round. To me, it's just, you know, it's a bit of a luxury. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I had to ding him a little bit for that. I, I thought Kincaid would have been a great fit here for the Chargers. They need that tight end. Um, and it's okay. You know, I, I think um, we did see like that, whatever was going on last year with Keenan Allen. And so like, I'm sure the team felt inclined to have that wide receiver room stacked because if one of those guys goes down, you still want Herbert operating at a high mm-hmm. level. And so it, it's okay. But I, I gave it a C minus man. Yeah. Uh, at 22, we had, had the Ravens. They drafted um, Zay Flowers, uh, wide receiver. So we had mocked a QB to Baltimore because everything we were hearing was Baltimore was moving on from Lamar. After they signed yeah. Lamar, this was a no-brainer um, to sign. You need to give him weapons. You know, you, they, you signed OBJ, which I believe is a one-year contract. Yeah. Um, and I told you right after, right after they missed it. Now there's no more no more excuses for, for Lamar. You have the talent okay. there. You have you have you have the talent there. If you fail, it's on you. Yeah, I mean he's got two really good tight ends. Mm-hmm. He's got some good wide receivers now. Um, yeah, I, I like that you said that, man. And so what'd you grade out the Zay Flowers pick? I gave him an A. I did too. I liked it. You know, he was one of the top prospects on the board. It was really hard to argue with it because I love that pick for the Giants. Oh yeah, Jalen Hyatt. I was telling you, Jalen fall this far. I was telling you, he should have been a first round pick, and he should have gone to the Giants because that's what they need. They need that player that can stretch the field. Wow, that's that that player. Good. He's that player. Yeah. Now they're showing some good tape here. Mm Mm-hmm. He's that player that can stretch the field for him, and wow. These routes are just sick, man. I know. Oh. How did he go them. this late? All, all these routes are going deep, which you, a lot of teams were saying need that player that can stretch the field. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. Uh, you said you gave uh, Dave Flowers an A as well? I did, yes. So then Minnesota took Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC. I gave this one an A also. Okay. Um, he's he's a he, tough player. Um, Talent-wise, he's good. He probably if he if he was a little bit bigger and he had a little bit more size, he possibly would have been the, up there one two in wide receiver in this class. But I think he's a perfect complement on the other side of the field of Jefferson from Minnesota. Okay, I got you. Yeah, and a lot of what I heard was that he was arguably the top wide receiver, even though the best available knocked him down a little bit. Um, you know, this may be me being a little bit biased in the NFC North here, but I went B- minus on the pick, and I like Addison as a player, um, but I had wide receiver as their fourth highest priority. I had cornerback as their number one, and Joey Porter Jr. was one of the best available on the board. I thought, come on, guys, you got to do that. You got to boost the defense here a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, offensive-minded head coach, they did lose uh, Thielen in the offseason, and so they were looking for that number two. Uh, I think it does give Jefferson an incredible running mate at wide receiver. And mm-hmm. so 
my B minus probably a little bit harsh, but yeah, I just, um, you know, I thought they could have gotten more bang for their buck going cornerback. Yeah. So, so the reason I gave him an A is because I like the fit on the team on where they were going to play, where yeah. on on how he fits into the team scheme, and and he was close up there with best overall or remaining. So that's why I gave it an A. At um, okay. 24, this is where I thought the Giants should have taken Hyatt, in my opinion. Because he's, he's that player that, that could stretch the field, and this is what, what I was just talking about. But they picked Dante Banks, cornerback from Maryland. I give this, this a C, because yes, it does fit into a team need, but Joey Porter Jr. was still available. And, and also they moved up. They moved up from 25 to 24 to pick Dante Banks, who yeah. probably would have been there at 25. They gave they gave away two late round picks in the process, but which is just bodies in there to see what, what to throw in there. Yeah. And you could have still picked Banks at 25. So I thought it was a stupid trade. I thought Porter was was head and shoulders better than Banks. And, okay. But but notice. I have this note here. When we did our mock draft last week, we mocked Banks to the Giants at 25. Yeah. But that was because these other cornerbacks... Our, our board had, fell differently in the mock. Our board fell a lot differently. Okay. But with, with Porter Jr. still being there, I thought yeah. they should have picked him over Banks. I gotcha. And so, James, I, I went a lot higher here. I went with an A on this pick. And um, this is one where... Since last week, and it really has been in recent weeks, Deontay Banks has been climbing up a lot of boards. And Mm -hmm. I've been watching more tape on him, especially this past week. Uh, I personally got pretty high on him going into last night's draft. Uh, He was one of these guys where I was hoping maybe would slide to the second round and the Lions would get him, but didn't work out that way. Um, But, you know, like for the Giants... I thought their best bet was going to be to trade up and get in on that wide receiver action. They didn't do that. I thought maybe their next best bet would have been to trade up and get in on the offensive lineman action. They didn't do that. And so when it came down to it, I had cornerback as their next highest need. And with the way Banks was climbing the board, uh, I was fine with them going here instead of uh, Joey Porter Jr. I thought, hey, six one half a dozen another. Uh, yeah, Porter had the higher grade, but with the way Banks was climbing, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, so I gave him an A on that one. Okay, I can give you that. I'll, I'll allow that. Next up, <laughs> at 25, Buffalo Bills traded with the Jacksonville Jaguars to pick Dalton Kincaid, tight end from Utah, which, first of all, I'm surprised that Dalton Kincaid was around this long. I know, Second man. Second of all, Second of all, I gave this pick an A+. Nice. The reason I gave it an A+, is because they picked it. Because you saw Dallas's war room after. They were were fucking crybabies, man. They were fucking pissed off and crying. It's not necessarily necessarily a big team need, but it's a huge upgrade over um, Dawson Knox. It, it would have been a huge team need for Dallas. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they fucking sniped him, dude. Yeah. And, and you know, 
it looks like what Buffalo's plan is is to get that fire instead of instead of trying to stop Mahomes, which you can't really stop Mahomes, getting the firepower just to outplay and beat Mahomes at his own game. Yeah. And look at look at look at the formula in Kansas City. You have that that elite tight end. Yep. And it doesn't matter who else you have at wide receiver because you have that elite yeah. tight end. Which I want to talk to you about tight ends when we get to 31. But, yeah, for this one, James, I gave it an A-. minus. He was the highest-rated player on the board at the time. And even though he's not a wide receiver, which was their higher need, he is a pass catcher, and so that counts for something. Uh, plus, I just thought it was genius on their part to snipe the freaking Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they played it perfectly. That's what a good GM does. You read the board and you make it happen. You move to where you need to go. Uh, It worked out beautifully for them, man. All right, so next up, James, we got the Dallas Cowboys then, and they took defensive tackle Mozzie Smith from University of Michigan. Uh, I like the player, but I thought it was a reach. I gave him a B-plus here. I thought uh, Miles Murphy was a better defensive lineman who was still on the board. Uh, I get it. He's defensive end versus defensive tackle. Uh, but still, I thought it would have been a better pick for Dallas. So I gave him the B plus. So I gave them a C. I thought um, I thought their biggest need, first of all, with, with Mozzie Smith, there's concerns about his production. In college, he only had six tackles. He played three seasons, and he only had six tackles for a loss. In three seasons, two a, two a year. Okay. Um, it does fit a team need, which so I didn't totally kill him for it. But but I thought Mayer, who was the second stud tight end in this draft, was a bigger team fit a bigger team need, and and I think is a stud. Yeah. So I thought they should have okay. You you want to take Kincaid? We'll take Mayer. Yeah, I think with uh, I think with Mayer out of Notre Dame, a lot of the concern I heard was the speed and teams were starting to get standoffish going into the draft because uh, even though he was very productive for them at the college level, there's concern that his speed is going to hinder him as a receiver at the NFL level. But I agree. He was, he was really highly rated at that, at that spot of the draft. One of the best available. Um, All right. So then at, at 27, James, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars. They took offensive tackle Anton Harrison. Uh, this one, you know, maybe I, I'm being a little harsh here. I think the more I think about it, you know, you and I talked a little Who? bit before the show. Uh, Anton Harrison? No. Who the hell did New England just pick? Marte Mapu? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. FCS All-American, bro. <laughs> All right. I, I only know that because it's on the screen. I apologize about that, but he was, I guess it's not bad, 98th overall. I just never heard, like, he's not, like, I didn't go that far. He's not a household far. name, but yeah. Jeremiah is saying he could be a steal. Anyways, so we were talking about Anton, Anton Harrison, offensive tackle from Oklahoma, drafted by Jacksonville. You know, I gave this an A. It's. And I completely cut you off. So if you want to finish, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I you know, I'll just real quick. I I gave it a B minus, and probably a little bit harsh because they did have 
a more pressing need on the offensive line, having lost Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson getting that PED suspension. Um, you know, when I looked purely at the needs, I had cornerback as their top need. And so I thought Joey Porter Jr. here. Um, but, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, the B minus is harsh. Yeah. So I gave him an A. It fit, it fit what I thought was their their biggest need um, with Jawan uh, losing John Taylor. Taylor and and then Cam Robinson being suspended. And then I told you that to say I I thought I thought they might go go the guard um, Avila who I think yep. can play can shift out and play tackle and then shift back to guard when Cam Robinson comes back. But I still gave it an A because it, it fit a big need um, for for them with who they lost this offseason. Okay. All right, so then at 28, we got the Cincinnati Bengals, James. They took uh, edge player Miles Murphy, and I, I liked that they took Murphy here. He was one of the best available. Uh, but I gave him a B because I had Michael Meyer in mind here. I thought uh, Meyer, even though maybe – some concerns about the receiving ability at the next level. Um, he's a great blocker and he could give them a little bit of both worlds here where they need help with blocking. And then he can also be uh, that receiver, um, you know, kind of replacing Hayden Hurst and what he was doing on some of those third down rolls last year. And so, um, you know, but I, you know, at the same time, I, I do think they got good value out of Murphy, so I didn't want to smoke their pick. So, another wide receiver for Packers. Oh, tight end. Another tight end. Well, I mean, hey, when you start with zero, you gotta, you gotta get to at least two, right? Yeah. So I'm a little behind you. So I heard Jordan, Jordan Love, we got you even more help. Uh, and I was like, another receiver? Anyway, yeah. so Miles Murphy, I gave this an A plus. Like he was it was a good oh, value nice, pick. Nice. He was he was the second best ed, second best defensive end that I had had in this draft. Um I my note here is teams ahead of them will regret letting him fall this far. Okay. Yeah, I I, I actually I agree with that, man. You know, there was one point where Miles Murphy was considered as a top five pick. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he slid on a lot of boards. Yeah. So then at 29, we have the New Orleans Saints. They selected Brian Breezy, Brezzy, defensive tackle from, from Clemson. Um, I gave this pick a C plus. Yes, it does technically fit a need. Yeah. The last few years, I guess there have been situations that caused it. His production hasn't been there. So they could have picked Uzoma here, which also for the team need and was a higher rated prospect. I think I think yeah. Rezzi had has potential talent to be a first round pick, but I thought he was more of a middle second round pick and and that so I gave him the C plus because I thought this was a reach picking him in the first round. Yeah, we were Spot on, just about. I had it as a B minus, and I agree it was a reach. I also had a note that I liked Uzoma a lot better in this spot. And then at 30, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sorry. We have the Northern University of Georgia Bulldogs drafting Nolan Smith, outside linebacker from Georgia. I gave this move an A fucking plus. 
Oh, an A fucking plus, not just yes. an A plus. Oh, I like that. Okay. It's absolutely bonkers to me that Nolan Smith fell this far. I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, fits a team need, and and he's going to be ready to step in, ready to step in and lead that defense. You have to remember that when Jalen Carter was having the problems at at Georgia and his his pro day. Who was right there trying to coach him up, trying to motivate him to get to, to push through it? And that was Nolan Smith, trying to lead him through it, trying to get him to go through it. Um, also, his NFL comp, everything I'm reading, his NFL comp is Hassan Reddick. Yeah, it worked out pretty well for him. Where does Hassan Reddick play? Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Two fucking Hassan Reddicks on the field at the same time? That's fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know how Reddick even got there because he was in Carolina before and then mm-hmm. Arizona before that. And I know Arizona was kind of playing him out of position, but you just talk about a career resurgence, man. He lit it up last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the pick. I gave it an A. I thought that, you know, twice in a row for Philly, they got the best available player on the board that also lined up perfectly with their top need. Uh, on the list of priorities. And so, uh, you know, I thought it was well done for them once again, man. Yeah, exactly. So then James at 31, our last pick, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs. And so they took uh, the edge guy, Felix, however you say it, Uzoma, uh, which I gave an A-. I I can't complain. I liked the pick here. But the one thing that stood out for me Uh, And this was something that was after the fact. I'll be honest with you. I started dozing off last night at these last couple picks. But um, I was really starting to look at tight end Darnell Washington here. And Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, you know, they could use a receiver. He's not technically a receiver. But he is a catching tight end that has good blocking skills which could also help some of their offensive line needs because, you know, he blocks. He's not necessarily playing offensive line. Uh, But I also thought he becomes kind of like the heir apparent down the road for Travis Kelsey. You start grooming him now, and let's see where it goes. Uh, But like I said, I can't complain about the Uzoma pick. I thought it was really good value for this point in the draft. Um you know, that was my only alternate pick that I would have offered out there. And what grade did you give it? A minus. I gave it an A. I told you once Uzoma fell to Kansas City, I thought, you know, there's there's options I thought for them because I thought Uzoma was going to go before because I thought Nolan Smith was going to go before. Um, you know, I really saw Uzoma going, going to Philly, Nolan Smith going to New Orleans, and it falling that way. So once Uzoma was still there for Kansas City, I thought this was a no-brainer pick. Uzoma led the Big 12 in sacks at 19 and a half sacks for the season. That's 19 and a half sacks in like a in like a 12 game season. Um, yeah, it it fits a big team need with them losing Frank Clark. Um, he was he was the third, probably the third third close. Close to second, third, defensive end in, in the draft. Top two were gone, and it's a perfect fit for for the Kansas City Chiefs here. Okay, yeah, I think we're good there. Um, all right, so 
that's that's our round one recap. I guess you know. Let me ask you: Do you have any closing thoughts on that before we go to question of the week? And and I probably got to do a two two question question of the week this week because it's only fitting to be asking who do you think won the first round? Um, but but I also got to ask a Lions question, and so why don't we just start there, man? Who just do you think won the first round? Because, you you know, I would have been leaning towards Philly, but you're saying somebody else. So I I thought Philly had a really good draft. Okay. A really good fucking draft. And they would have won the first round if Houston hadn't traded back up to number three to draft. Because all week, all the last two yeah. weeks, the yeah. de- debate has been: has been, are they going to go with Stroud, or are they going to go with with Anderson? We found out the answer last night. They're going with fucking both of them. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And I think that move that I thought that was a baller fucking move <laughs> that you only see championship franchises do. Yeah. No, I I um I like I like that. I you know, and I I think. Um, Oh man, you know what I flip to Houston? Man, I I don't know. I think I'm like so high on Philly right now mm-hmm. that it's just it's tough. But uh, I I don't think you can go wrong either way. And I think that you know not far behind. I think Seattle hit both of their first round picks as well. Mm-hmm. And so I I agree with you. Those are like the top top three first round winners. All right. Well, let me give you the bonus question then. So uh, just simply put, did Brad Holmes lose or gain your trust in the first round? And so for me, I'm going to say he lost it. And I thought the, uh, the first three picks, you know, I know we had two yesterday, but we got a third while we were starting the show. And it's sort of changed now with the fourth and the fifth. But just looking at round one. He reached for both of those guys. It reminds me of Lions GMs of old doing stupid shit like drafting Olama Francis, fucking Jelani Tavai. Uh, maybe not as extreme as those examples, but the fact that it's like in that vein just gives me a sick fucking taste in my mouth. And um, I believe both of these players could be good players. And I would have been fine drafting them just a little bit later. You know, I thought that we gave up a lot of value by taking them where we did. And for me, it just, um, you know, those are things that a bad GM does. It's like we talked about Buffalo moving up ahead of Dallas and getting their tight end. That's what a good GM does. Uh, They don't go like reaching drastically for guys. And so, Uh, I know Brad Holmes came out and tried defending the pick, saying that these were the best guys on his board at the time, and he stuck to his board. And to me, that's fucking bullshit, because part of it is knowing where other teams have those guys on their board to your best of your ability and getting the most value out of the picks. And so, um, you know, it, it does have me worried, man. You know, I think I think Holmes was really fucking good up until yesterday. And now it's like he's on the hot seat. We're going to have to make the playoffs or he's going to look really, really bad because 
you know, these could be botched picks, but, uh, you know, nobody knows until it plays out. And even if he comes back down the road and they work and he's like, oh, I was the smartest guy in the room. I'm still going to be like, yeah, but were you? Because you could have got him around later. <laughs> so uh, what do you think, man? What do you think? All right. So I'm going to just read you the post ESPN post-draft analysis of, of Jameer Grubbs. What? What just happened? I don't know. Uh, McCordy needs to shut up. Um, or whoever the fuck that was. All right. It so, looks like a McCordy. But it's uh, he's making a Titan selection, so I don't know if it is. The TV's a little far away, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs is a fantastic runner and a receiver. Very similar in many ways to DeAndre Swift. Oh, shit. And instantly will give the Lions a burst of speed in the backfield. He is someone a team can build a game plan around and will be an instant target with Amon Ra uh, St. Brown keeping safeties nervous at the back end of the defense. Projected year one impact. Day one rotational contributor. Yeah, that's the problem. I don't love this label for Gibbs, who has rookie of the year candidate talent. But the Lions' depth at running back means they won't have to lean on him unless Swift continues to be a problem staying healthy. Okay. Rotational player. That's the problem. You don't take a guy that high. Jack Campbell, which I joked, I thought they they um, accidentally submitted their coach's name instead yeah. of the uh, player they wanted to pick. Campbell has fantastic size, range, and tackling ability in the middle of the defense and will step right into the middle linebacker position in the team's 4-3 defense. He's tough to throw over, over or around and is an active, aggressive tackler with a fantastic short area burst. Campbell's the new anchor of Detroit's defense. Projected year one impact. Plug-and-play starter. The Lions signed Alex Anzalone, Alex Anzalone to a three-year deal, but Campbell represents an upgrade. It wouldn't be a surprise if he won the starting job. Yeah, and what are you going to do? You're going to put big money Anzalone on the bench? Come Position on. rank, the second best inside linebacker in the draft. Overall rank, 50 fucking eight. Yeah, it was a reach. It was a reach. It was a reach. I agree with you. In the first round, Holmes lost a lot of my trust with the players that were there and who he picked. I like I like Campbell's NFL comp for, for uh, on according to ESPN it's Leighton Vander Esch. Okay. But but like I said they could have gotten him at 55. That's the problem. I like the player. I don't like the pick. The other thing with, with Jameer Gibbs the Matt Miller Matt Miller's NFL comp is Tony Pollard. Okay. Which is fine, but it is Jason McCordy that was doing all, saying all that shit. But okay. yeah, I he lost a lot of trust, but he's starting to gain it back with these late round selections. Yeah, I think the um, the last two picks. Brand- Great iron grinder. Hut hut hike. <laughs>